This is Becoming, the podcast for leaders to think differently with actionable tips in 30 minutes or less to claim your intuition, your influence, and your agency. And finally, get to the truth of what stands between you and who you are meant to become. Many of us believe that once we become that future self, then we will be happy, successful, and complete. This podcast exists to shine a light on the truth that the time is now and your future self can be who you become today. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome back to not just any episode, but another episode of Becoming. Today is such a special day because the master of podcast is here, our dear Abby. Co-host of this Becoming podcast is making her debut, and today we are going to unpack one of the last episodes that we launched on the podcast series of Addiction to Awakening. We are going to unpack the emotions, the addiction to emotions. But before we do, I want to introduce you to Abby. Abby is my right hand, the creation and operations manager at The Truth Teachers. And before we dive in, I want to have Abby just tell us a little bit about herself. Tell us a little bit about anything she wants to share. And then we'll get started. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stacey. I appreciate that. And hello, podcast listeners. I am so excited to be here. As Stacey mentioned, I'm the creation and operations manager at Truth Teachers. And I think that this is such a full circle moment for me because part of the lure, besides Stacy being Stacy, which is the lure itself, part of the lure of me coming on board of Truth Teachers is really diving deeper into my own becoming. So getting to sit here today on a podcast of becoming on this journey with all of you listeners, um, like I said, full circle moment, and I'm so grateful and excited to be here. So this eight months with Stacy, I we've laughed, we've cried, we've felt all of the emotions in between. So it's no coincidence, um, as is with you know, divine timing that we're here today on a first episode, bringing all those emotions to you and talking about emotions. Yes. Oh, I love it so much. (laughs) And those of you listeners that are also watching our YouTube, you can probably see the smiles on our faces. I just think that we're both in permagrins. And so if you aren't on our YouTube channel, go check it out, subscribe, Give us some love because we are smiling big on this episode and want to share it with you. Absolutely. I love it. So, so let's get started. Let's dive into today. I think one of the things that I'm so excited to dive in, in this conversational dialogue setting with you, Abby, is just one thing that I think is really special about our dynamic and feedback that we've gotten from clients as we've been working together is just our ability to kind of cover all of the basis of understanding in a way, right? Where it's like, I'll have this idea and then you are able to translate it into so many different versions for people to understand or to just be related to differently. And I think it's so powerful in the the context of what we're talking about today and emotions because we all have our own emotions. We all have different understanding of emotions. And I think that our two perspectives on this call today, on this recording today, I think our two perspectives on the recording today is going to be really magical for people because 
they're going to see maybe different insights into their own journey by listening to our different perspectives. Absolutely. Could not agree more. And I think we'll get there, but I think emotions tie into just my own personal story, which I'll be sharing more about, but just channeling those emotions and transmuting those emotions into creativity and to expressing yourself and taking something that's internal, like an emotion and making it external so that we can serve and make impact. And I think that message alone with emotions for the business owners and entrepreneurs and leaders we speak to, that's something that's so life-changing. And we'll talk about why this is so important to be able to first be aware of those emotions and then make some choices on how to work with them. Yes. So, you know, the last episode that we did with the Addiction to Awakening series was talking about emotions and talking about how emotions are really the the epicenter or like the mothership of all of the addictions. Because on one hand, emotions by themselves can be confusing, can be, you know, hard to process. But if we start to look at really how they interweave into all of the other addictions, emotions are kind of like the glue that keep us stuck in the other addictions. And so when we were talking about like victim consciousness, disorder and problems, the stories, triggers, patterns, validation, self-sabotage. It's like, it's our emotions that keep us in all of those. So let's just first start, Abby, like, what do you see as far as, you know, as it relates to emotions and as emotions are like glue keeping us stuck, where have you either in your own journey or even just thoughts, how, how has that been true? Or how have you seen where emotions have been the catalyst that have kept you stuck in something? Yes, for sure. Um, I think that, like you said, I just instantly get drawn to your metaphor about blankets, right? Like emotions being under the blanket. So the triggers of the addictions you've talked about, the stories are our blanket. The triggers are our blanket. The patterns and disorder and dysfunction, that's the blanket, right? It's kind of nice and cozy and comfortable when we have that blanket on us, but that blanket is the barrier. And until we're willing to go under the covers until we're willing to lift that up and take a peek to see that the emotions are driving all of that cycle. That's why it's the glue. It's the emotion that's then causing that trigger. So for me, for example, I think one of the emotions that I've brought forth with me in my own personal experience, which I think a lot of people listening can relate to is this idea of self doubt. So then you see the trickle down effect. I have this doubt, this unworthiness feeling. So what I do then is I tell myself that's, it triggers this emotion that I don't feel good. I don't feel worthy. So with that self-doubt, then I tell myself a story about what that means. I must not be good enough. I don't have the qualifications. I don't have X, Y, and Z. That forces me to go to the next addiction of, okay, well, if I don't think that, then let me get validation from somebody else. Let me go ask the, the boss. Let me go ask this friend. Let me go get feedback like you talked about. Then that goes into basically self-sabotaging. Maybe I get that feedback, but then I do the opposite because I don't want to change the situation to relinquish that self-doubt because I'm comfortable. That leads to me focusing on all these things I'm doing to create more problems and dysfunction because it's safe and comfy there under that blanket. So then you can just see, and then, and then, and then, and then, and I'm so comfortable in this bed of excuses and this bed that's just comfy made. It's almost like 
the, the hell we know is more comfortable than the heaven that we don't, right? It's, it's wow. this bed, we make the bed that we lay in and that's the bed we lay in are our emotional choices. And I think one of the biggest breakthroughs I had, it's twofolds when, when I listened to that episode. The first one is that concept, like the whole zinger, the, the bam shebang of that whole episode was that your emotions are a choice. And at first it was like, oh, I heard that and I was like, mm, I could felt that little bit of resistance. Like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that I choose to feel frustrated, that I choose to feel angry, that I choose to feel hopeless? Who chooses that? Who wants to choose to feel those things? And then as I went through that resistance um, and actually listened to the full episode, I realized how beautiful that it's not necessarily the emotion that's the choice, right? Like anger, we are experiencing anger. So because that's experience, that's valid in and, in and of itself. That anger is there for a reason. It's a guide. It will show us something. Going back to our triggers, our treasure map, right? It's there to show us something. So it's still valid. But the choice we have is to make a different choice in how we respond to that emotion. And I was talking to my fiance earlier, and I think this quote that he said brings this together so beautiful for that to land for me. He said, just because we have a whistle, it doesn't mean we need to blow it, right? So our emotions, just like under that blanket, our emotions are that whistle. If I'm angry, I could choose to blow the whistle by lashing out by being mean to the next person, by punching the wall, whatever that thing is. I could choose to do that and blow the whistle, or I could make a different choice that's going to lead to better feeling things. I can, you know, go take a walk, for example. And that's not blowing the whistle. And not blowing the whistle is self-awareness, uh, discernment, self-compassion, to recognize that I feel X, I feel anger, but, and I can also do this. And I think just to piggyback off that, there's two things. I'm going to go on my soliloquy here too. Two more things with that is I realized how important that making an emotional choice, like what we're talking about here, is, is courageous. It needs courage. And my mind, as you know, it works in looking at words, right? So the minute I said courage, visualize this with me, the word C-O-U-R-A-G-E courage. And at the end of the word courage is the word rage, right? So the emotion used in this example, anger, rage. At the beginning of the word is co, which is this idea of co-creating with that rage, realizing it's there, understanding it can be there. We can co-create a different choice to do something else. But the thing that's the linchpin in that is the letter U in the middle. That's your choice right here when we're talking about emotions are a choice. And that's why it's courageous. And then the the last breakthrough from your episode that I think so many people will be able to get to, this helped me so much the longer I sat with it, is how, as an adult, I realized I didn't even know how many emotions there were. Like, this has been a process over the years of me understanding it's not just good, bad, happy, sad, right? Angry, happy. Like, we always talk about emotions in these black and white, like, dichotomies, and there's over hundreds of emotions, and people might have seen or be aware of like these emotional human charts that have like different emotions at different frequencies. So you're at the bottom with maybe anger and then maybe it's grief and then maybe it's neutrality all the way up to joy, bliss, enlightenment, right? So what I learned from your episode is, you know, sometimes the choice to choose a different emotions, we get tricked up because we think it's supposed to instantly be from like anger to joy, right? And then so we start that judgment and beating ourselves up. But what we don't realize is if 
if I have this emotion of anger and I make the choice to go for the walk, like I said, or do a meditation instead, and then I come back, I'm confused because I'm like, wait, I don't feel anger, but now I feel sad. And I think that that's not like progression in this emotional choice and journey, but you've just hopped up a couple on that emotional scale. So you are doing that inner work and it is not this linear kind of process of this, 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 until I'm just like jumping from the bottom to the top. So basically what I'm saying is that episode changed my life. Are you interested in being a guest on our podcast? If so, we'd love the opportunity to speak further with you about your story and about sharing it with our audience. Click the link below in the show notes if you're interested in being a guest on our podcast and one of the Truth Teachers team members will be in touch with you to take the next step. I just, I love how you break down words and like bring it all together for comprehension. Like it just, it helps click so much. So it's, it's really interesting because I think for like a lot of our listeners, and this was true for me too, is like this journey of exploring emotions, like you were saying, it's, it's not black and white, right? It's almost this evolution. And I think the biggest message that I want to get across because it was the biggest, I think, breakthrough for me personally was this idea that if you don't feel it, let's say in your example, if you feel anger and you go for that walk and you come back and then you feel sad, like you still may feel resistance to what you were working on, right? You still may feel like, oh, I'll just put that off until tomorrow until I feel closer to bliss. And I think in my journey, what was the most fascinating was as soon as I started to see the emotion, like you're saying, and just just be with it, it allowed it to subside. It allowed it to integrate in my body or pass through my body or become whatever it was so supposed to be. Whereas if I was trying to be black or white, in your example, if I'm angry and trying to be bliss in bliss, I actually would struggle with the emotion longer because I was in a way judging it yep. to be something. Have you had that experience? Every day, which is how I came to that conclusion of, I think you talked about in your episode too, or maybe it was a different addiction, but it's like that, that judgment, which is almost part of that addiction too, to this emotional cycle where it's like, because I thought I was supposed to go from anger to bliss. Like I just now am experiencing a different emotion that still doesn't feel good. So what's up? So it's more of that shining the light on it and the compassion around it without without judgment, just like you said, the awareness that it's there and to recognize it's there and that there's different ways to channel that and build a relationship with it and transmute it. And it may not always just be into what you thought it was going to look like. It may come out in just different layers or different feelings, because again, there are hundreds of feelings, not just these kind of black and white pillars that we all grew up learning with those little emotional charts that just had five smiley faces, you know? Right. Right. One of the things that has been so surprising to me, and it's interesting as it's been surprising to me, I've seen this in my clients too, is that emotionally as, you know, high performers, we're actually emotionally more afraid to feel our joy than our pain. And why this was so surprising to me is I had, I had just last week actually gone to I'm a body worker. I'm currently in, in Sedona. And, um, he had, I, I went in because I basically just like my left shoulder blade was, was really tight. 
And he said to me, he said, you're, you're in a lot of resistance. And I was like, of course, for me, I'm like, resistance. You said, no, I'm not in resistance. Yeah, you're resistant to the resistance. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But, but he said, it's, it's on your left side, like something you're resisting. And what ended up transpiring a few days after our, our session, again, I was going for like that, you know, somatic sort of massage experience, just so our listeners can have context of what the experience was. Um, and a few days later, it was really fascinating, but it was, you know, in this recent chapter of my life of, of having my daughter and, you know, launching different business avenues and everything that's, everything's going really well. And I'm feeling this sense of love and laughter and this joy that is overwhelming, right? And what was so fascinating is I was resisting even that positive emotion. And so even though the last episode talks about emotions and our addictions to emotions that sometimes can be, you know, disempowering, what's also really important to note, it was my experience, was that this applies to the positive emotions. Because if you're resistant in the, if you're resistant in the other way, in the other direction, if you're resisting to love because you're more comfortable with the struggle. That also is an addiction. And so I caught myself in that. So Abby, has there been something that's been surprising to you where it's like an emotion sort of, you know, inverted on itself, like I experienced where it was like the opposite, the positive was what I was resisting? Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. It's just, yes, the short answer is yes. And I would even equate it to even the relationship with career or even coming into partner with you, right? In full transparency, coming in saying, I've had so many experiences, like what I love to do is support women entrepreneurs, leaders, um, business owners, people who are serving the world or mission-driven, specifically women. And what I've experienced in the last few years hasn't always been the most um, easeful experience and it's been emotionally turbulent and different. And so part of coming into this, I was like, you know, I really want to work on these women, you know, wounds and relationships. And ultimately what it came down to working with you, there came a point where we have open conversations. We talk about our emotions. We deal with the trigger when it comes up instead of saying in the suffering longer than necessary. It's not to say we haven't had these emotional things that have come up, but the way we've been able to work through things together and individually as part of our own becoming, it's almost like we, you know, you get to this level of health and joy and you're like, wait, this doesn't feel normal. Like I'm, wait, I can go, I have all this emotional space inside of me. I have freedom. This feels too too quiet. This doesn't feel so dysfunctional. What am I supposed to do with myself? We're humans. We like to know what's going to happen. And that's a, a level of control, right? So I've grown up with so much dysfunction in other areas of life too, where it's like, that is the comfort, the, the noise, the distractions, the disorder, the not healthy relationships, the, you know, feeding off of that energy. So once that's removed, it's almost like, What's, what's that allegory of the cave? I'm not sure if you've ever heard that, but it's like you, you, you're you in this this kind of cave and you don't even know that if you were just to walk around the corner, it's this beautiful, blissful field and you're free. But it's like, again, the fear of not knowing that what's beyond that emotional turmoil is that emotional freedom. It's like, you know, the emotional turmoil, you know what it's like not to be in those healthy relationships or woman to woman dynamics or whatever. So not knowing what that means 
also brings up a lot of questions and that emotional trigger of fear. Uh Oh, will I live up to it? Will I be good enough? Imposter syndrome, all of those. But that's the pattern that you talked about with this emotional entanglement of the addictions, the stories that you're then telling yourself when it's also safe, when it's also healthy, when there's nothing wrong, when you can just simply enjoy and feel those good positive feelings that feel threatening because your brain's not used to it. Your body's not used to being regulated. It's just, it's used to your heart beating a million miles per hour. So when you're breathing normally, you're like, something's wrong. No, I think this is, it's so fascinating because it's like, really what we're saying is like, there's this level of, of ease, of joy and of flow that as women, we're not used to. And when it comes, the natural is to bring it back down to struggle Mm -hmm. really well the way that that can show up is first going into resistance because things are going well. But if instead we can just see that things are going well and I, that can be so incredibly empowering and also make it so that you no longer have to bring in struggle or circumstances that throw you off to justify or reaffirm those emotions that you don't even want in your life. So I think it's a really, really interesting topic of when things are going well, we also have resistance to those emotions. So it's, it's really this box, this Pandora's box kind of right. uh, That we paint ourselves in that is up for us to break out of once and for all on the positive and the negative side. So true. Yes. 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 I'm, I'm wondering like from, from your perspective, like what, what do you think is the reason why we can't process these positive emotions? Mm, Why? I think there's a number of reasons and everybody is different. And one thing that just is coming to the top of my mind is not knowing or having the awareness of different types of tools or modalities, for example, that exist. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we're taught so many things in school when we grow up and as kids, but some of that program and patterns that we grow up with that aren't ours are instilled in us uh, subconsciously, unconsciously Mm -hmm. to us. So like you always say, the first thing to change is shining a light on it and Mm -hmm. seeing it and if you don't even know what's there or that something is there to shine a light on, right? We, we're not taught how to even do that excavation or even what those emotions are. So I think one reason is we we don't know what tools are available to us. So coaching, working, you know, with coaches like you and businesses like you. Another thing that I've been super into lately, and I think you touched upon this with you going to your your massage physical therapy is somatic healing, right? What gets stored in the body. So I know you're talking about positive emotions, but in order to experience those positive emotions in your body, you need to make space for it. So if you have stored negative emotions in your body that just get trapped, meaning energy is, uh, emotions are energy in motion. So if I'm like using that example of anger and I'm not releasing that anger in a healthy way, because I don't know the tools, I don't even know I have an anger problem, whatever. And I'm keeping that inside that's getting stuck in my body. It has nowhere to go. Energy can't be created or destroyed. It just transforms. So I don't release it, get it out in a healthy way. It's in me. And if it's in me, that means I have blockages energetically. So I can't even experience the positive emotions because that's not even an option for me right now. So again, you can kind of see this web, like when we talk about emotions, like how it's all interconnected. So I think the first step is really like clearing, making space and regulating yourself 
you know, somatically, physically, emotionally, spiritually, it's all these things, not just emotionally, that are the holistic picture. Yeah. And it makes so much sense, you know, if you go back to the reason that I went to the body worker is because when I was giving birth to Legend, she got stuck on her way out. And so there was a bunch of compressions that were being done on my upper torso. And so my body has been storing that trauma, if you will. And there's been this stuck energy. And so as soon as he helped me release that, it's as if like the joy and I mean, all the emotions came up like a waterfall. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm able to feel and even connect with her differently now that that's cleared. And so it makes so much sense what you're saying. I think too, like personal story example, because I've experienced that in a multitude of way and it will manifest if in your body in certain ways, like this idea that if we're not able to actually know what our emotions are and they get trapped in our body, they will ultimately come out in some way, shape or form. And until it's either you do that work up front, like kind of what your podcast said before and kind of these tools mm-hmm. and modalities to do that, or I believe it will rear its ugly head some other way, shape or form. And that will be in your physical environment, people, places, things, themes, patterns, or disease in your body, disease. And so one example is like around 2020 for me, it started you know, the series of what I endearingly now, just because I, I've done some of this work called like this series of unfortunate events that happened where, you know, I had just gotten laid off from, you know, a seven year uh, career. I got into a car accident for the first time in my life, got hit head on, didn't have a car from that point. Then I started experiencing paralyzing sciatica back problems. Then my house water system went down and all of these house issues came up. Then my mother was hospitalized where we didn't know if she was going to come out on the other side. There were deaths in the family. There's so many things. And I'm not to say this as like a story of these external situations that are happening, but it was like this cascading of events of things that just happened that had me emotionally feeling like I was out of control. And I wasn't dealing with any of what was going on at this time. Those are just a few examples of so much more. And I didn't deal with any of that emotionally. I hid from it. I was resistance to it. I was the victim consciousness. This is all happening to me. And I use that example to say, in hindsight, when I look at what was happening to me physically at that same time, I had gotten eczema for the first time in my life. Like I'm talking raging rash from my head to my toes, so itchy, so uncomfortable, so flared up. My hair started fall- falling out. I was balding. I, like I said, sciatica, back pains, um, so many physical symptoms. And as we talked about, I love symbolism, right? So when I think about the correlation between not facing what was going on and those emotions and what I was experiencing, sciatica at that time, I felt like no one had my back. I'm experiencing back pain. Um, eczema, you know, I had this inflamed and rage anger inside of me for all the stuff that was going on that I thought was happening to me. I was just so itchy and uncomfortable. Life was forcing me, itching me to make a change. So my body was itching. I, you know, just, you can start to see like my throat was closing and I had strep throat. And and at that time I felt like I couldn't ask for help or like I couldn't even understand or express what my needs were. So of course I'm going to experience throat symptoms. So in hindsight, as I look back at that experience and then look back at applying, you know, Luckily, I found my way to, like I said, modalities that helped from 
yoga practice, practices, something simple as dancing in my living room to shake off like energy, something to meditation, visualizations. You have a wonderful five minute meditation that talks about emotions, right? There are things and resources that are available. And as I started to apply these techniques and tools and level of, okay, I'm ready to, to kind of look at what's going on under that blanket. What are the emotions causing this? Because clearly I'm reacting in a physical way. So there must be something also metaphysical. Uh, that's when the game changed and I made space to get the new job, to create new projects, to transmute all of that, that ball of energy into beautiful conscious creations, children's books, helping, serving, uh, speaking gifts, all the things that felt so empowering. I was able to transmute that into beautiful creation instead of feeling stuck. So I definitely believe in the importance of emotions and becoming aware of that in if I may, one other thing that's popping into my head of course. is how important it's not only for us right now in our life here and now to be on this conscious emotional awareness journey because of what I just said, like the, the after effects could be catastrophic in your own physical, mental and spiritual well-being, but it's for generations to come. And one thing that I found so fascinating is this idea of like epigenetics and there was this um, science experiment where it was almost like Pavlov conditioning. You know how they he yeah. the, the dog drooling with the food, the stimulus and response, kind of yeah, like your favorite exactly. quote on these episodes between yeah. response is the yes. Yeah. So this this experiment, they would give they would make the mice smell cherries and then they would zap them with an electronic force. So they would measure the brain responses. So fear centers lighting up, emotional distress lighting up. So they equated this cherry scent with zapping these mice and they could monitor what was going on emotionally for them. So the interesting part is they breeded these mice to have babies. And then they did that same test with babies, but they would only make them smell the cherries and not zap them. And what they witnessed is the same emotional centers in their brain, the fear, the trauma, the distress in the babies of the mice, they would have the same emotional reaction, even though they weren't being zapped. Furthermore, the mice's babies' babies, also that next third generation in, also same thing, just smell cherries and that's what happens. So I think if we look at it from that context, like it's not just like this, you know, idea that emotions are fleeting and they come and go. Yes, but it's so long-term and imprinted and important to do this work right now for the here and now. But like I said, like generations to come. Absolutely. My gosh, there's so much I want to unpack. Like I'm like episode after episode of what you just said. <laughs> But it's, it's so true because I think a lot of people may be listening and going, you know, that, that all sounds great. Like, where do I get started? Number yeah, one. Yeah. And number two is, oh, emotions. Like, who has time for emotions? And it's yeah. like, we have to start paying attention to how we feel and being able to discern how we feel versus what we need to process. Because there's, there's two different tracks, right? There's the track mm -hmm. of reactioning like re excuse me, reacting to the environment and that being a pattern and then the other side of the material that you're working on and clearing through is actually not just your responsibility to do now that you're aware of it but also so important because of how it affects your children their children and just the conscious collective at large right because when we get busy and get focused on clearing our stuff it's not just our direct lineage that benefits it's it's so everyone easy. that benefits, you know? And so I, I think like the, the underlying message, like from Abby and I both, it's like, 
we have to start paying attention, right? We have to start paying attention to our emotions and just start to notice how you feel and start to document how you feel and be aware of when that happens and who you're with that that happens and see if you can undercover or uncover patterns and uncover, oh, when I'm with this person, this consistently happens. I consistently feel this way. Oh, when I'm at work, I feel the same way I feel when I'm with that person that I I discovered. And when you can start to see that it's showing up in multiple areas, that's when, as I like to say, you're the problem and the solution. You're the common denominator and you can start to really make change. But I think it's great to like break it down into like, how, how can they start uncovering emotions today? I love that because it ironically, we're talking about overwhelming emotions, which sometimes the thought of even starting to look at your emotions is overwhelming and starts off that addictive pattern where you have the story, you don't have time, you self-sabotage and you don't do the things. So I think there's irony there, but I would offer like, it, it doesn't need to be so complicated. That is part of the story you can rewrite. And I love how you broke it down to like, just becoming aware is different than creating time to process. Cause I do think there are paths. And like we were saying, you don't go from anger to joy. You don't go from solving your whole emotional things that you've learned in your 30 plus years of life in, in the same breath either. This is a process and it's, it's, you know, sometimes even just becoming aware of it. Like one thing I like to do is talk to my emotions as if they're people like, so sometimes really might not be applicable. Like I'm not going to be able, if I'm in a client meeting, if I'm at a doctor's appointment, if I'm on doing something where it's not safe or appropriate for me to deal with something internally, I feel, okay, Ooh, my, my heart just stopped. My, I pay attention to those subtle body things. Ooh, I just got goosebumps. I didn't like that or whatever those things are. And then I just talk to myself, Hey, anger, I saw you, I saw you quickly flash up there. I don't have time right now. I'll be back for you. Right. I talk to it like it's a person and then I'll designate the second part is that's the awareness. The second part is the processing. I'll, I'll schedule time later, maybe before I go to bed or every morning so that I create this ritual, small, consistent steps to then be like, I'm checking in emotionally. I, I remember that yesterday. What was that about? Which leads me to the second part of like how instrumental questions are on both, not only the awareness part, but like the actual processing part and the caliber of questions you ask are game changing. Because it's one thing to ask like, it goes back to your your point on the episode about disorder and problems. If you just only focus on problems, you're going to get more problems. If you're only asking questions, it's like, I'm going to use some ridiculous example. Like if I want to know, if I ask the question, what's my favorite color? And then I'm like, oh, why? I'm an idiot. I don't even know what my favorite color is. Who doesn't know what their favorite color is? Why don't I know what my favorite color is, right? You can already sense that energy of the judgment and that type of question is very limited. I don't have room to really play with it, uh, like let it go in different areas of like expansion, expansive thoughts. It already feels like icky. But if I were to change the caliber of questions and make it open and be like, huh, I wonder, I wonder how many colors there are in the world. I wonder how many shades of blue there are. Like, I wonder where colors even came, who came up, like, where did this concept come from? Like, you just start asking questions that are open. And then if you start to pay attention, that podcast that you listen to every day, they're going to talk about how uh, colors affect emotions. And you're like, ooh, hint. Then you're going to, Barbie's famous right now on this movie, right? Barbie's out there everywhere. Someone's talking to you about going to see the Barbie movie. And they're like, hey, did you know? Crayola just introduced 37 shades of pink for Barbie. And you're like, oh, new clue, right? You start, you're in a different energy and level of playing field now because you've been able to change the type of question. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's twofold. It's that awareness and then it's the processing and just 
the compassion in between and the, the curiosity, like I said, you've said it in a different episode and I've said this all along. If I could sum up life journey, spiritual journey, business journey, any X journey, it's curiosity is, is the key word. Yeah. I think that what you just said is, is fully loaded because what, what I also got from it was, you know, we are taking everything so freaking serious. Yeah. <laughs> and part of where we get tripped up with our emotions is our emotions feel real. Our emotions feel final. I know that was my truth, right? It was like, if I feel this way, that is real. That is truth. That is the buck stops, right? But if we can instead bring a sense of curiosity to our emotions and yes, we feel anger. Yes, we feel, you know, sadness. It's like, that's interesting, Mm-hmm. Tell me more, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of it stopping. Because I think a lot of listeners may may relate to this. Yeah. And and this this part about when you feel a certain way, sometimes that stops your actions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you feel a certain way, you don't call that potential partner back. Sometimes when you feel a certain way, you let a fight escalate that you could have taken a different direction. Sometimes when you feel a certain way, you don't take action on your dreams. And I think one thing that is a huge takeaway in this unpacking of this past episode is that get curious about your emotions and they will take you on a completely different path. Yes. My drop. Yeah. And see. Yes. Thank you all for coming. <laughs> no. But I think that's, that's really what I got from what you're saying, right? And I think it's so applicable to us as leaders, you know, is we are so serious. Everything is so serious. And if we could just become more curious, mm-hmm. implement more fun, we're mm-hmm. going to be in flow. That leads us to more intentionality and intuitive inspired thought, which mm-hmm. could take us on a journey that would we would never expect. And so it's this idea of curiosity, as Abby was saying. So good. So yes. good. I think it ties back to just even using that example that we started with, like emotion. That's why emotion is a choice. Like you just said, if I'm angry and I chose to punch the wall instead of using that to go for a walk where I came back and ended up calling a friend to say, hey, I need to talk about that. That choice in between that the walk, which was the new choice, led to a more empowered state of being where, yeah, I still might be sad. It's still that emotional scale. But now that forced me to make a different decision. And that different decision, I called my friend. That friend that said something that led me to remember this. And then you can start to see the breadcrumbs and the universal carrot dangles that have been leading you out of that emotional. That's where it becomes empowering. And you know, I love a good word (laughs) spelling out. And what just popped into mind is when we say empowering, like the word E-M-P-O-W-E-R, right? Empower. The first two letters, you switch them. It's me power, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the difference. It's perspective. You can use your emotions to not be empowered where you're a little backwards on those first two letters, or you can realize you have the power. You're me, me power. That's the conscious choice I'm making with the emotions I'm dealing with to be able to be like, this one thing is the trickle effect, the same way it can have a negative emotional chain reaction that we talked about with all of these addictions and this emotional cobweb, you can also have that trickle effect in the most beautiful, profound ways where you won't even believe what starts to happen and unfolds like in your life. Yes, it's so true. Like the magic is truly in the emotions. It's Mm -hmm. really fascinating. 
So as we wrap up today's episode, Abby, is there anything else you want to put a pin in? Or I think we've We've covered so much as always. Oh, we covered so much. I think I'm just feeling so great, actually. <laughs> like I feel you know, see, see what happens when you talk about emotions. You're able yeah. to even process it, transmute it. You're able to just, I think, like even just for my personality type, one tip I would offer, I talk it out. I'm a verbal processor. So like that's how I even know. Like you might be asking, like, what is it that I'm feeling when you get curious and start changing your questions? Talk out loud. That's why journaling helps. But I'll be in the shower having a full blown conversation with myself, like full blown answering questions. And then I come out of there and I'm like, oh, that's what I was feeling. Right. It took a 30 minute conversation with myself in the shower talking out loud. Part of the beauty and magic of like transmuting is like we talk about taking something that's internal realizing your inner state is what creates your external state and sometimes we have to take what's inside and bring it out for that to happen so even just verbally processing your own thoughts will help you get to the root of it we'll shine a light on it we'll get you that's one way to make a conscious choice to become aware of your emotions or understand your emotions so it doesn't have to be so like you said like groundbreaking or i have to journal every day or i have to do this every day it's also that shoulding with emotions like i should do this i should do this i should feel this way i shouldn't feel this way it's like it is what it is right and until you are in this art of acceptance and in this art of angers anger like we said that's valid it really does feel real to me right now so it is what it is that doesn't mean it needs to be this way moving forward. <laughs> like it's it's this delicate dance where it doesn't have to be so so scary and big. It's these small incremental consistent changes. And I'm not saying consistent meaning doing the same thing. I mean consistent that you're dedicated to becoming more aware of your emotions that will ultimately lead to this big change for you. Yes. Well, and I think that's such a great place to, to end today is, you know, I think a lot of us avoid our emotions or, you know, put things off emotionally, put it kind of in the backseat because we're afraid of what's underneath. But instead, if you can just know that at the end of it, what's underneath is freedom. Freedom yeah. because you saw the truth. Freedom because you allowed yourself to feel. And I think the resistance and the stress that many of us can experience is because we're not allowing ourselves to feel. We're not allowing ourselves to feel our bodies. We're not allowing ourselves to feel anything outside of the five emotions. Maybe <laughs> if you're at five, I know I wasn't. <laughs> but all of us are like, okay, th this is familiar, right? I, I feel happy. This is familiar. familiar. I, I feel sad. But there is a myriad of other emotions just waiting to be uncovered. And it's not some monster in the closet. It's truly freedom that's on the other side of you being willing to go deep. I'd, and I'd end it with saying what's under all those emotions, like you just said, yes. is you. Mm. The realest, truest you. And that's who you're becoming. Yes. Yes. Mm. I love it. This has <laughs> been amazing. Thank you so much, Abby. I, I am so excited for what we have planned for the podcast, for all that we are becoming through the launch of this podcast and what our listeners are becoming by listening to Becoming. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, podcast listeners. We'll be back next week. Are you experiencing change and breakthroughs as you listen to Becoming? If so, show us some love and hit the subscribe button, leave a review and share an episode. I love bringing this content to you each week and together, listener by listener, we can wake up the world. See you next week.